honestly, everyone's intuitive. You know, it's kind of like playing piano. Everybody's not going to be Chopin. Most of us won't. You know, I'm a regular person who just happens to love this and do this. And this is part of my lived experience and it's a passion, but I don't do professional psychic readings. Mm. And people don't have to go into this with that aim. It's really about just having it be another sense that they pay attention to and use to enhance their daily lives. Mm -hmm. Hey, thanks for joining us for the Emmy Sing Podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Tracy Stein. Uh, Tracy first appeared on the show last year, uh, that was episode 33, Um, and this one builds on on the previous episode, so you may wanna watch that one first if you haven't already. Uh, But Dr. Stein holds a PhD in MPH, is a health psychologist, award-winning author, and the creator of a series of popular guided imagery, self-hypnosis, and meditation audio programs. For over two decades, Dr. Stein has explored the interrelationship among mind, body, and spirit in health and well-being. Prior to receiving her PhD from Teachers College, Columbia University, Dr. Stein earned a master's degree in public health from New York University. She is also the former director of integrative medicine at Columbia University Medical Center and has had a long-standing interest in complementary and alternative therapies. She has been featured or quoted in O, The Oprah Magazine, Health, Shape.com, Women's Health, and more, and has been interviewed on numerous radio programs and podcasts. Her own podcast is called Unpacking Possibility with Dr. Tracy Stein. In her new Hemisync album, entitled Cultivating Intuition, Developing Clairvoyance, She guides you through some exercises to further develop and fine-tune your natural, psychic, or intuitive gifts. The offering consists of four tracks, uh, which is an introduction, reconnecting to clairvoyance, enhancing clairvoyance, and psychic dreaming. Here is Dr. Tracy Stein. So Tracy, welcome back to the Hemisync Podcast. Thanks for joining us once again. Um, You know, we did a show with you not too long ago, so just uh, to kind of do some quick review with the audience, um, you know, there are the psychic senses, which we covered last time. They, those were clairaudience, clairsentience, clairgustance, uh, clairsent or clairolfaction, which I may not be pronouncing right. Please. Perfect. All right. Uh, claircognizance and clairvoyance. And yay. this album, yeah, yay, this album deals with the latter. That's what we're here to discuss today. Um, so for people that do not have much experience with clairvoyance, which I'd imagine is in the majority, um, where do people generally experience clairvoyance? What's it like? Ah, so clairvoyance really is clear seeing. That's what the word means. And that's actually what the experience is like. Um, you know, it really varies somewhat situation to situation and person to person. Usually clairvoyant experiences will be on the screen of your mind. So that kind of inner vision where you daydream, that's where you'll notice clairvoyant imagery. Um, Once in a while, something will be so strong that you will see it as if it is outside of you in your environment. Mm. Um, And, you know, we can talk about examples of that as we go on. Um, But most of the time, it's going to be on the screen of your mind. Uh Uh-huh. Cool. And um, so... Do people generally experience it with their eyes wide open, with their eyes closed? It's another good question. Oh. So I think in the beginning, people might, as they practice, notice more easily um, these images when their eyes are closed because it kind of cuts out the normal day-to-day distractions, including and especially visual distractions like what's in your space. Mm. But a lot of the kind of random 
clairvoyant experiences will happen while your eyes open doing something else, maybe when your mind's a little bit quiet. So you can be having a conversation with someone and have a flash of something across the screen of your mind. Mm -hmm. The more you practice, the more easily you'll be able to recognize the difference between clairvoyant information and just kind of your thoughts and feelings and imagination. Yeah, interesting. So a flash kind of seems like it would probably be like a still image, right? Um, and then how common is it to have, say, moving images? You know, I, I think both happen. I think the still images are probably more frequent. And I'll give you an example. So if you're going to look for a car, right? Maybe you're looking at used cars and you're going to a few different places and you see one that looks really shiny and great and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to buy this one. The price is right. And then you see a flash of a lemon in your mind or, <laughs> yeah. or a junkyard or something like that. You might say, oh, wait a minute. You know, that that would be a still image that you would only need like a fraction of a second to know what mm -hmm. that means. Interesting. And that's pretty common. Yeah. Um, so, sometimes it's movie-like though. Mm -hmm. So in that instance, it was still, it was symbolic. Um, your eyes were probably open or closed. Um, so that's a very interesting application for clairvoyance. Um, and I can Absolutely. think of probably a bunch of others. Are there any that uh, maybe folks... Um, you know, wouldn't generally consider? You know, I think that it's not unusual at all for us to have these related to work. Mm. Um, so as an example, um, I'm going to give you an example of a protracted image that is not typical, but if something is really significant, you might have. So I had um, a client years ago, like many of my clients, this person had a lot of medical issues and a lot of significant emotional challenges. Um, and I, I, at the time I was seeing this person a few times a week, sometimes I do that. Uh, over the course of this week where I maybe saw the person three times, it looked like there was a fog in front of their face. And by the third time I saw them, it was a much more dense fog to the point it was hard to focus on them. And, you know, we're not sitting so far away. And I thought, oh, I really need to get new glasses. It was just like, what does this mean? But the thing is, I didn't notice it around anybody else. And what that told me was not, I always pay attention, but now I really need to pay attention. And so, you know, I also noted to the her other providers, um, you know, the things that I noticed in the objective non-psychic world, because that's what they could hear. Mm -hmm. um, and it turned out this person had to be rushed to the emergency room later that week. Wow. So- Sometimes when people are um, physically like having some sort of situation where they're not well or their health is notably declining, that might be what I would see. And that mm -hmm. might be more prolonged. It's not exactly a movie. I've had movie experiences too. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, I think we get quick, quick flashes and they might be paired with other psychic senses, like yeah. a clear knowing of what this means or you know, your own voice saying, you know, watch out for X, Y, Z. Yeah, that's interesting. And you actually make the point that as you develop one psychic sense, it tends to open the other ones up um, along yeah. with. Really does. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's because if you think about your intuitive senses, your psychic senses, um, and your subconscious as like a friend, like somebody you're getting to know, the more you start talking to each other and finding that you're listening, 
the more the line of communication opens up, the more natural it becomes. And so now you've told yourself, I'm, I'm ready to receive intuitive information. Yeah. And now it's going to come through in more ways that you can understand. Mm -hmm. And so that's also an interesting point that you raised there with the uh, subconscious, because that's a big part of unlocking this gift, right? This dormant ability, or for most folks, it's dormant. Right. I mean, I, I think so. And for people who aren't familiar with that term, you know, as a psychologist, we think about, you know, your conscious awareness, the things that you're very present to and aware of in your environment, the conscious thoughts you're having. Um, the subconscious is kind of the part of you that's daydreaming. It's the movie in your mind that's kind of in the background. It would, It's what comes to the forefront when you're sleeping. Um, and it seems to be like that's a receiver for intuitive information. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why meditation and tools like that can be so helpful is that meditation, like mindfulness, can help us tune out distractions so that the language of intuition and you know the language of the unconscious becomes clearer and more mm -hmm. discernible, even in the midst of everyday distractions. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So meditation clearly helps. And now you're a certified hypnotherapist. And so that's yes. a huge tool in your bag. Yes. Um, yeah. So how does um, hypnosis help in developing this ability? So it's one of my favorite things to use generally, and I'll mm -hmm. tell you why. We all have these thoughts. We, you know, our own inner critic, um, the things where we reason away, things that don't make sense at the time. And hypnosis can help us communicate more clearly with the subconscious, get some of the mental noise out of the way. And also prime us to have an experience ahead of actually having it. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is, you know, in the first album, there's an exercise to step into your future very comfortably psychic self. Mm -hmm. Well, the subconscious doesn't know the difference between what you imagine and experience in a mental way very deeply and the objective world. Mm -hmm. it, it's not as um, bound by linear time. Mm -hmm. And so hypnotic tools like hypnotic suggestions and, and guided imagery can help us more rapidly get into the space of receptivity for really any change we want to make, but intuition as well. Right. And so you're inviting the listener on these tracks to enter into what's called a trance state. Um, it's kind of a loaded word. Um, what does a trance state mean? Um, so a trance is just so everyone knows, it's something we go in and out of all the time, every day, even if you think you don't, you do. <laughs> so when you're driving in the car or a passenger and your mind is back at some party you left 20 minutes ago, or thinking about the dinner you're going to have in an hour, mm -hmm. while another part of you is still in the car and, or driving the car, that's a trance state. So a trance state is a state of um, increased absorption, usually in your inner world. Um, an attention to something specific and decrease attention to everything else. So um, when you're reading a good book, when you were at the movies and immersed in the movie, you forget that you're in a pleather seat next to strangers, you're yeah. really engaged in the movie. That's a trance state. Those are everyday trances. Now trance, when it's um, deliberate or clinical or on these recordings, is where you know there are hypnotic suggestions, wording designed to help get you into a very specific state of inner focus and attention. Mm -hmm. So it's it's your your brain is wired to do this. Yeah, 
Yeah, and so lots of folks that are familiar with um, us and with Hemisync um, might think of a trance state. Um, you know, in similar terms, um, you know, using Hemisync it tends to put you into um, a deeper trance state than in some of the ones that you know you're describing. For instance, driving a car, so the felt sensation might feel like your mind is still awake, but your body's kind of asleep. Yeah. Yeah. And and usually, almost always, you will come back to normal waking awareness if you need to. The party that's driving the car will yeah. stop or slow down if a squirrel runs across the road. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, if somebody's calling you and you have to get up, you will. Yeah. And we should probably also draw the distinction between, you know, hypnosis, the trance state, and subliminal here as well. So in all these exercises, the listener is in total control. There's nothing Absolutely. subliminal. Yeah. Um, yeah. really good. So we hear touched all on, the suggestions. Yeah. Um, and so we've touched on meditation mindfulness as a as a useful tool here, um, hypnosis. And then the third thing that you like to emphasize is journaling, right? Yeah. Tell us about that. So, you know, journaling is kind of this interesting thing. It has multiple functions, I think. Um, and it's okay if people just thinking about it in terms of one of them. But journaling is, um, first, it's a way to keep track of the psychic impressions that you start getting. Mm. Write down the date, the time, the imagery that you got and anything else you noticed. And then, you know, your your intuition might reveal itself that, oh, this is what happened. It might be that day, it might be in six months, but mm -hmm. you can go back and refer to it. What that does is it rewards your brain for um, getting a correct hit. Yeah. And as it reinforces that, it'll help you better recognize what's really intuitive communication and what's just mental noise. And mm -hmm. you know, that helps you get better and better and more accurate at mm -hmm. using intuition. Interesting. Another thing journaling does is honestly, it kind of induces a trance state, right? Because okay. we go into the movie in our minds yeah. as we're writing things down. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So in terms of, you know, the correct hit. Yeah. Um, you know, as you're opening up to clairvoyance, I mean, you're probably going to get like a lot of flow, right? A lot of information. How do you distinguish between what is, you know, accurate, let's say, and what is maybe noise? Is there a feeling or? Yeah. In addition to the record keeping going back yeah. and saying, oh, I felt this at, like in my solar plexus mm -hmm. or a tingling, or it just seemed really clear, whatever you note and you write down at the time, to me, um, intuitive information just has a particular feeling and it's really hard to articulate. Mm. But that said, um, even if the information is distressing, yeah. I think it usually comes through neutrally and then we have the thought or feeling about it. Mm. So I'm gonna give you an example. Um, like a month before September 11th, we were living in Hoboken, which is like right across the water from lower Manhattan. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember standing on the waterfront and looking at the Twin Towers and just having this weird thought and feeling like, oh, what if they weren't there? Wow. And it was an unsettling feeling and I just kind of pushed it away. Yeah. So, but the image was neutral. It didn't make any sense. And often intuitive hits won't. Yeah. By the way, with big events, you know, thousands and thousands of people will notice that they've had some sort of kind of intuitive flash before mm -hmm. something big happens. I think it's just because it's loud. Yeah. Um, but again, it's an usually neutral experience that the reaction comes after. Mm -hmm. 
And in terms of processing it, I mean, I'd imagine it's pretty common to want to analyze it, right? And so like, you know, your left brain kind of goes to work on it. Um, any thoughts on that? Any advice? I think, yeah, I think our, yeah. our left brains absolutely always want to try and make sense of things. Mm -hmm. And they do that using available and acceptable frameworks. So I'm going to give you a very benign example of a time when intuitive information came through for me and it made no sense. And I was hesitant to give it and it made sense to the person who was receiving it. So a million years ago now, um, I was taking intuitive development classes at the ARE or the Association for Research and Enlightenment, the Edgar Cayce, Edgar Cayce. organization yeah. in Manhattan. And yeah. um, might be like 25 or 30 years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, and as part of the classes, we would be asked to then like randomly read for or tune into a person who was there. And it might be somebody who wasn't necessarily there the week before. So it was a stranger. Mm -hmm. And this woman that I was paired with, um, the information that came up was among other things that made sense to her. It was something that didn't make sense to me and I didn't want to give it. And I thought this has to be weird mental noise. So the woman across from me was probably like 22 she, you know, looked like a surfer, <laughs> you know, the stereotype of a surfer. She had, she's blonde and young and maybe a little tan and just dressed casually. And I kept getting this image, the still image that I kept setting aside, but it kept coming up of the Temple of Dendur in the um, Metropolitan Museum of Art. Okay. So for people who don't know what that is, it's actually a gigantic stone structure that you can walk through from ancient Egypt. And I felt just really, weird. I was like, oh man, I'm like a terrible psychic. <laughs> and I, I looked at her and I said, listen, I don't know if this, I don't know what this means. I don't know if you were in Egypt in a previous life or something, but, and she stopped me and she was like, no, I, I love Egypt. I'm fascinated with it. I've been there a whole bunch of times. And I have this great group of friends that I've met there hmm. and it wasn't for me. It didn't have yeah. to make sense to me. It made sense to her and it was super specific. Interesting. So sometimes you'll notice that stuff that doesn't make sense, but it comes through neutrally and it will come back if you ignore it. Yeah. Like I, I imagine putting it in a shelf um, to the side and it kept coming back and I gave it to her and it made sense. Uh -huh. So you might find that that will help you to recognize intuitive information. It just, it, it makes another appearance, even though you're not focused on it. Right. Interesting. Um, interesting. So in that situation, it made sense after you shared it. Right. Um, but can you think of situations where maybe it's just not right to share it? Yes. Um, and this is kind of personal, um, mm -hmm. but I'm going to share it and, you know, see what you think. But, mm -hmm. um, so a friend of ours passed away very recently, mm -hmm. um, from a long illness that could no longer be managed. Yeah. And, about six weeks ago, my husband and other friends wanted to cheer him up and cheer him on. And, you know, you've got this and all that. And I said, don't do that because you're going to foreclose any opportunity for him to talk to you about anything that doesn't fit with that. Mm -hmm. And my husband, I think, thought I was being a little bit negative. And um, he he talked about running the marathon with him next year. And I said, he's not going to be running the marathon next year. And I don't want people to think that I know everybody's life path. Yeah. But, you know, just for other things that came up, I never saw him, you know, becoming an old person. Right. Um, so those are things that maybe 
you wouldn't want to share. Yeah. Um, until it feels like you have to, and you'd want to be thoughtful about who you share that with. Yeah. End of life care is really tricky. I actually just wrapped a podcast um, on that subject. Um, oh wow! And yeah, and so like giving false hope is one of the things that you don't want to do. That's um, kind of unfair to the person who's transitioning. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. I would also say something that comes up um, sometimes when people are having psychic experiences and they're really excited and they might be picking up on a lot especially in the beginning, there can be kind of like a rush. Um, there can be a desire to tell people everything that somebody picks up about them. And mm -hmm. again, sometimes we're not right. You know, sometimes our own lens, lens filters things in a way that's not accurate. Yeah. Um, but also just sometimes people don't want to hear that. It's not in their worldview or mm -hmm. they're not ready for that information. So I'd be thoughtful about telling people things that you pick up about them that may make them feel kind of exposed mm. or just intruded upon um, or it might be not in their their framework for what's acceptable. Yeah. And I would respect that. Those would be things I'd be thoughtful about sharing. Sure. So I guess I'm curious. I mean, you, you kind of mentioned, uh, you know, a story early on where you were um, very evaluative in a negative way of your own ability. Um, like, how has that changed over the years? Do you find that you know, it's something you still slip into or? You know, I, I feel like I am much better at just being like, okay, like noting it and not feeling like I have to make a judgment necessarily. But that said, um, you know, I, I always question things. And I think sometimes people will have intuitive hits that there's not really any reason for them to have them except to remind them that it's real. Yeah. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Like yeah. spirit or your unconscious or subconscious will say like, oh, you know, don't get off the path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, um, those are the ones you really want to pay attention to. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, sometimes you're compelled to pay attention. Like those are the ones where, yeah, might kind of feel like crisis, but, um, yeah, those are the ones that you have to pay attention to. Um, but so getting more into this, into the specifics of this album. So uh, there's four tracks. The first is an introduction and the exercises one and two are intended to further develop your third eye. Um, and then track four is a psychic dreaming exercise. Can you tell us more about that? What's, what's psychic dreaming? Sounds cool. So, yeah. I, so I think even people who think they have not had clairvoyant experiences probably have. Mm -hmm. um, and especially during the dream state. So when we're dreaming, you know, we talked about mental noise a few minutes ago, when we're sleeping, you know, that kind of stuff is put to the side and our normal um, hypercritical or overly analytical filter is also kind of resting. Hmm. Now dreams, much like the subconscious in general, um, can often be very metaphorical Sometimes they're quite literal, um, but often they're very metaphorical, mm -hmm. but you know what they mean when the thing happens that you're like, holy cow, I had this dream about this. Yeah. Um, what I love about hypnotic imagery during the sleep state is that as you're drifting off to sleep and your brain waves are moving to a, a progressively slower predominant state, you'll find that that floatiness I think it just opens you up to not only hypnotic suggestion to mm -hmm. become more psychic and clairvoyant specifically, but um, 
to um, intuition in general. There seems to be less separ separation between our consciousness and everything around us, I think. So it's a nice time to further program your mind really for anything you want to do. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I it, people who do that and keep a journal will find very rapidly that they wind up getting more psychic dreams yeah. and that they're more accurate and that they remember them more clearly. Very interesting. Especially um, if you write it down as soon as you get up. Totally. Yeah. And so, you know, this is a question that I like to ask people that are skilled in this. Um, at what point, so like, let's say, you know, when you first started journaling, uh, dream journaling, you're picking up one, two, maybe three dreams. At what point would you say that you're probably getting the the vast majority of it, you know, 90%. You mean where most of your dreams are intuitive? Well, I mean, so like, I think when I was dream journaling really extensively, like I had nights where I would get up to like maybe seven dreams. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was not the norm, but like at that point I kind of felt like, all right, I've got to be getting almost all of it right now. Um, but, you know, the flip side of it is like, I, think I wound up waking up feeling not quite as rested. So there's kind of like a balance you have to strike. Um, yeah. But anyway, I was just curious if you had thoughts on, on that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think a way to further enhance your likelihood of having intuitive dreams and dream mm -hmm. recall would be to set an intention before you mm -hmm. go to sleep, but your intention that you set could also just be to get a good night's rest. Yeah. So you don't always have to be working, <laughs> do you know what I mean, all the time. Um, you know, you can also, by the way, dream, this is just an aside, you can dream for other people. Um, and I don't know if you've met Julia Mossbridge. I don't know her personally, but she's no. a, she's a well-known researcher in the no. area of psychic phenomena. Um, and actually years ago, she was doing dreaming for some people. Um, and, and I just wound up, she wound up dreaming for me. But, you know, you can actually, you can do this with friends. You can decide that you're going to dream for a specific person. Oh. You can ask them to write down a question. You don't need to know the question. And you can give yourself the suggestion to dream for, dream something that is helpful for that person in answering their question. It is uncanny, the stuff that people wind up dreaming about. So oh, when you decide to do it, yeah. it can be incredibly powerful and specific. Uh -huh. Whether symbolic or literal depends. Interesting. But I also think it's important to get a good night's sleep. <laughs> so yeah, I I'd not heard of that practice. That's that's very interesting. It's a fun exercise, and you could do it with a group. You don't even need to know the name of the person that you're dreaming yeah. for. You can get a piece of paper with their name and have you know find out after. Mm -hmm. What I love about psychic work that it really um, time really is not linear. And, and the same barriers that apply in normal daily life do not apply in that um, psychic realm. Yeah. And do you find that you naturally gravitate towards other psychic people? Like, do you have a lot of psychic friends? You know, it's funny. Um, I feel most real. I know it sounds strange, um, but like most myself when I can be myself. And for many years and decades, I really didn't feel like I could talk about this with most people. Yeah. So it's great to have a space where you can just kind of be yourself. And now I'm kind of out there with all this, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, even studying over the years with different people, um, you connect with them and the other people who might be studying that group. So like, I, I think we've talked about this before. So I've been studying with Lynn Buchanan and this group of people for a few years now and Lori Williams before them. And they're well-known um, and very skilled remote viewers. Mm -hmm. I've taken some classes with Pam Coronado, who's a really well-known and incredibly skilled psychic detective, among other things. And you do, you, you, you develop friendly relationships with them and you meet other people because it's like, you don't have to do all of this explaining or justifying Right. And there's a resonance. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you find that too, but it's like any interest you have, there's a resonance with people who kind of get it without you having to even say anything. Right. Whereas like the the ordinary folks, the muggles, let's say, they don't, <laughs> they don't quite get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's good. Um, cool. Well, anything else we should hit up here? Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think. One thing that I mentioned... Um, in my course that I have, and also um, in the, um, I think in the audio program and the PDF, is that for me, you know, people have varying opinions about, about this, but I think it's important to have good boundaries around your psychic work. Hmm. So just as you want to open up and tune in in a structured way when you want to, I think it's just as important to also kind of close down. And that's why I include that in the imagery. Um, it's just, it's like you wouldn't leave your front door open when you go to sleep. Yeah. I don't think, you know, you want to just have good boundaries around everything you do, healthy ones. Right. And so you, you don't, you want to be off duty sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so the imagery can be used not only to open up, but to kind of appropriately close down. And I think, I think people who are empaths or super spongy will yeah. find that especially helpful. Yeah, and that probably helps to conserve energy too, because I know that this work can be draining. Yeah, definitely. Cool. I guess the other thing I would just say is, honestly, everyone's intuitive. You yeah. know, it's kind of like playing piano. Everybody's not going to be a Chopin. Most of us won't. You know, I'm a regular person who just happens to love this and do this. And this is part of my lived experience and it's a passion, but I don't do professional psychic readings. Mm. And People don't have to go into this with that aim. Yeah. It's really about just having it be another sense that they pay attention to and use to enhance their daily lives. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, I mean, it seems like a very powerful tool. Um, but that's great. Do you have any upcoming events or things that we should know about? You know, um, not at this time. I've decided to work on an audio program about managing grief, and I would like it to have a transpersonal element as well, so that for people who want to learn how to connect, either with the energy or the memory of a loved one, that they can do that. Yeah. Um, but um, I think that's pretty much what's in the can, or not in the can, that's not the right phrase, um, yeah, yeah. in the works. In the works, yeah. All right. Well, that might be the next thing we can talk about, but Tracy, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be doing this. Likewise. Thanks for doing it with us. And thank you folks for listening. Um, if you have questions or a comment, uh, please drop it below, depending on what platform you're on, we'll try to respond. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks again.